when we consider the description fishers of men and women, several images may come to mind. Some may picture Huckleberry Finn sitting on a pond bank, lazily holding a cane pole and watching a cork bobbing in the water. Some may envision a fly fisher person standing in a cold mountain stream, rhythmically snapping a rod to send a carefully crafted lure, zooming across the water. Some may contemplate an industrial fishing trawler running out miles of net in a vast circle, gathering up thousands upon thousands of fish. But none of these image, images would really connect us very well with the metaphor that Jesus used. Fishing in Jesus' time was not a lazy afternoon restful venture. It was hard work. Fishing required skill, but it was not the domain of an avid hobbyist. And although the principles were like the commercial fishing of today, the smaller size of the operation meant a much more hands-on approach, and the catches when the nets were hauled in were normally in the dozens or occasionally in the hundreds on a good day. Jesus was calling disciples from a job that required hard work to another demanding vocation. Those called knew how to work hard. They knew that preparation was important. They knew there were days when the news was good, and they knew there were days when there seemed to be few positive results. They knew how to work in teams, needing to trust the person standing next to them. They knew life was unpredictable. The weather could change quickly and change the plans. They knew about peril as well. Each of us have wisdom to bring to the call of being fishers, hard work, setbacks, the need to trust others, handling unpredictability, even moments of peril, we all experience those. The call that the first disciples received is the same call Jesus asked us to answer. We're called to a vocation where we'll need to work hard, to work side by side with others and learn to trust each other. Some days we'll experience incredible blessings. Other days they're going to be setbacks. Sometimes we'll wonder if anyone is going to respond to the call we offer. No matter, we're still called, like those first disciples, to be fishers of people. The story of the call of the first disciples is not just an example. There's parable in this passage. There are lessons in the story. The disciples were called to a change of direction in their lives. Part of that change was the dropping of their nets. Jill Duffield says this, following Jesus and fishing for people requires the freedom that comes from repentance and letting go. Letting go of our cherished nets, our certain plans, our entrenched expectations, our fears of scarcity, and our sole allegiance to our tribe. Our calling as fishers will challenge us to drop things in our life that get in the way of casting those nets of love and grace. 
Our nets of materialism that ensnare us in our love of things. Our nets of fear that limit our willingness to risk our positions of comfort. Our nets of prejudice that cause us to hate those who look or act or believe differently than we do. Our nets of violence that seek to obliterate our enemies. N.T. Wright points out that both for Jesus' time and our time, we do hold tight to things like hatred and violence and revenge. These are his specific words. If the light bearers insist on darkness, darkness they will have. If the peace people insist on war, war they will have. If the people called to bring God's love and forgiveness into the world insist on hating everyone else, hatred and all that it brings will come crashing around their ears. This won't be an arbitrary judgment or punishment. It will be what they themselves have been calling for. This is why they must repent while there's still time. The kingdom is coming and they're standing in the way. The message is just as urgent today, if not more so for those of us who live on this side of Calvary and Easter. Matthew would want want to say to us that the kingdom which Jesus established through his own work, through his death and resurrection, now faces us with the same challenge. Are we working to extend God's kingdom in the world? Or are we standing in its way? Jesus cast a very wide and welcoming net. While a fisher in Jesus' time had to pick the spot to fish, he wasn't too picky about the catch. For the most part, any fish in the net would have been welcome. The lesson for us as fishers of people is that it is not our job to spend time deciding who is and isn't worthy of answering the call. Jesus didn't turn people away. All who came to him who were ill or hungry or possessed or in need were welcome into this community. We should consider the incredible grace that exists in that approach. Too often we gatekeep. We say all are welcome, but we send all sorts of messages that discourage certain folks. We like people that look like us or act like us, but Jesus invited everyone. We need to learn that same hospitality as fishers of people. What other elements besides that gracious hospitality are woven into these nets we're called to cast? What was Jesus' nets? What were they made of? He fed people who were hungry, spiritually and physically. He healed broken hearts and broken bodies. He lifted the burden of evil from people's spirits He challenged people to cast off the chains of sin through repentance. He welcomed the marginalized and the overlooked people. He called out the proud, inviting them to a life of service of others. He showed people how to love one another. Jesus taught the infinite God was filled with love and was ready to share that with humanity. In the way a parent loves a child. He built a community where diverse people learned to love each other. He sent the Spirit to fill that community and send them out into the world preaching reconciliation and forgiveness. 
We're invited, we're commanded to do that same thing, to cast those same nets into the world today. And when we do, we will find others are pulled into the arms of God. While Jesus preached the coming reign of God broadly, he always showed God's love and grace to individuals, treating each person with great respect, with attention to each person's needs. This is the, there is a great joy and blessing in imitating this. We're made to live in relationship with each other. Some can relate to a large number of people effectively, and some are made more to relate one-on-one -on -one and in small groups. But no matter where you find yourself on that spectrum, there's great joy in sharing love with other people, sharing God's love with other people. I read a story from commentator Roger Nishioka at a conference where he preached, youth group, a youth group leader came to him with one of his students who was struggling. The three of them sat together, and the student began to relate his very painful story. He told Roger he believed what God was calling him to kill himself so that the world would be a better place. He broke down and wept. And Roger wrapped his arms around him and assured him that voice he was hearing was not the call of Jesus. He told him Jesus' words about being called to an abundant life. He spoke of the psalmist's words about how each of us is beautifully and wonderfully made. The spirit of violence and hatred that N.T. Wright warns about fuels nations in their headlong rush to war but it also infects the spirits of individuals, driving them to acts of violence towards others and towards themselves. You know, as a minister, you occasionally have an encounter like that. But I have heard far more whispers about those kinds of stories happening to folks who don't wear a collar, but who've answered Jesus' call to be fishers. They speak hope-filled words over kitchen tables, in coffee shops, on walks in a park, during phone calls. They write them in letters and notes and emails and even text messages. Many of you have spoken or written or conveyed those kinds of words to others, telling them that the hopeless words and thoughts they feel are not from God. Instead, your words give hope and remind the brokenhearted that Jesus loves them. Those words are the nets of love and grace you cast into the lives of hurting people, pulling them into the arms of God. We are in the life-saving business. Yes, that involves an invitation to be freed from sins that could impact us for eternity. Yes, that means working for peace between nations and people. But we're also casting nets of love to free people from that deep darkness that surrounds and fills so many lost and lonely souls. You have nets of love and grace that Jesus has given you. They're in your hands, and Jesus invites you to throw them broadly and pull others into the arms of God. 
What a privilege. What a privilege we are invited to share. This Sunday we have our annual congregational meeting. It's a good time for us to consider how we, as individuals and as a body, are answering this call to be fishers of men and women in the world. How can we once again answer the call from Jesus to become fishers? Amen.